Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about work. More specifically, our workplaces. My workplace, your workplace. And whether or not it's toxic. And if so, talk about some of the signs that you may see to let you know just how toxic it is. Um, I'm assuming that all of you who are listening have a job or at least you've had at least one job. Um, what's always interesting about a job is that, you know, when you get the job, <laughs> it's always sweet in the beginning, <laughs> the little honeymoon phase. And then you kind of start to see the job for what it is in the company or wherever you are. Uh, and the reason being, you know, every time there's a honeymoon stage and then you get to the nitty gritty as to what actually is going down at work. Um, and a lot of times a work, your work environment can be, uh, you know, toxic because one, you're dealing with people. And sometimes people bring their personal problems to work. Sometimes there's issues with people that you work with. And then sometimes the work in and of itself that you're doing can be toxic or at the very least stressful. Right. So I was doing some reading the other day and I came across this article talking about toxic work environments. And it got me to thinking about, um, you know, if I had worked in any toxic work environments (laughs) and I actually did. Um, And I'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, But I think. If you've worked at a place and you haven't experienced any of these toxic traits that I'm going to talk about, then consider yourself lucky. And, 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 you know, it's it's a good thing because we all don't experience that. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that at the very least, if you don't have a toxic work environment, you may have a toxic co-worker or you may just have an annoying co-worker. Um, <laughs> I remember a job that I had. We had this lady that was a receptionist and she was just as sweet as she could be. Very country, very southern. She was from like uh, this most southern part of Georgia and she talked with a real twang like this right here. And (laughs) and what was interesting about her was every day without fail. And let's just say her name is Jane. I said, good morning, Jane. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right, but my bone spurs and my ankles are hurting. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. And and my, my husband left in the middle of the morning and I, and I don't know where he is. And he won't return my phone calls. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I just asked how you were doing. Like when you when I say how you doing, I'm not necessarily concerned. I'm I'm concerned, but I'm not concerned with how you're actually doing. It's not for you to tell me how you're doing, but. Jane would literally tell you every single thing about how she was doing. I wouldn't deem her necessarily a toxic co-worker. She was more annoying than she was toxic, but she was a sweet lady. And I liked her. I liked her a lot. But she was, you know, she could be very annoying because, I mean, nobody wants to hit at it eight o'clock in the morning. I don't want to hear how your <laughs> the bone spurs in your ankles are bothering you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, um, 
after I read this article, uh, I got to thinking about a conversation that uh, me and my homegirl, Babi, had. Uh, you know Babi from uh, the We Did That Shit podcast. Uh, she and Maya uh, have a great podcast over there. love their podcast. And they've been on this podcast as well. So shout out to them. And I can't remember if we were talking about it on the podcast or off air. Uh, Babi was telling Maya and I about, you know, her work situation and a co-worker in particular. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, you had, and I'm, I'm, sh- I'm 99.9% sure that she talked about it on the podcast. I can't remember which podcast, but if you go to, we did that shit podcast, uh, you can find it, but you know, her coworker has made her environment very toxic. And, you know, just from talking to Babi, you could hear, you know, the frustration and everything like that. And, you know, I offered my two cents as to, you know, how she could probably handle it. But I mean, she's grown. She knows she knows what to do. And I'm pretty sure like anybody else, she's been in these types of situations before. Nonetheless, given the fact that you're getting a check, it will prevent you from busting somebody upside the head. But that don't mean that you don't want to. (laughs) So um, but shortly after we had that conversation, I found this article and uh, it got me to thinking about the conversation that Bibi and I had about work. Um, and you know, again, a lot of people experience these type of things. Uh, so there's a couple of things that they talked about in the article as far as signs that you're in a toxic work environment. Um, the first sign, if you're in a toxic work environment and they see the bad and never the good, this is very key. And I think this is very true in toxic management styles. Um, Management tends to stifle the morale and just kind of suck the life out of the people who work at the company. And they solely focus on what you're doing wrong. They never see what you're doing right. And it's rare that they give back positive feedback or positive reinforcement um, of the things that's being done right. Uh, And and that is a sign of a toxic environment Um, for the most of I would say the majority of my career. I've worked in corporate America. I work for corporate corporations. And, um, you know, again, it's been the I would say all but one company that I worked for was uh, where there wasn't a toxic environment. This one, everything else is pretty chill. Everything else is really, really cool. Um, I will say that, and I've said this before, and I'll even shout them out. Uh, I worked for Wells Fargo at one point, and Wells Fargo might have been the coolest place that I've ever worked. Uh, And it's not easy working in a cool place when you're in corporate America and you step into these boardrooms and these meetings and you look around. And I did this quite often. We sit down at the table and I'm the only male black face in the room. But it was cool. It was cool. I really enjoyed Wells Fargo. But honestly, there wasn't a lot of diversity. When I looked around, when I looked above the people above me, mm, a lot of black faces. So maybe things have changed. I don't know. That was about 10 years ago. Nonetheless, um, the one place where I did uh, have a toxic work environment is this business is no longer in uh, operations. (laughs) It closed... Uh, probably about a year after I left, the feds shut it down. Um, (laughs) 
but uh my manager oh my gosh this lady and and i'm 100 percent sure she's not gonna hear this podcast but if she does she knows who she is i mean i don't kick it with her like that i don't speak to her i don't like her so she can kiss my ass <laughs> so if you're listening kiss my ass <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna keep it positive. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I remember situations where, like, it's just like the first tip said. Like, she was just always negative. I mean, like, she was always telling us what we were doing wrong. You know, this is coming down from management, and we we have to be professional and da 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 da. And I'm like, you're not professional at all. You know. Everything was just so negative. She didn't want people, you know, taking personal phone calls at the desk and, you know, you couldn't be on the phone that long. And I mean, which I, I didn't. I rarely did I take a personal phone call at my desk at all. Um, But she was just she was a piece of work. I remember one day specifically I pulled up and she was in the parking lot and I pulled up next to her and. She had her head back on her headrest in her car. Like she was, I, I didn't know she was praying or whatever. I looked over at it and I kept it moving, right? And so I went inside and uh, somebody said, hey, did you see, let's just say her name is Cheryl. Did you see Cheryl in the parking lot? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she was, she like she was praying or something. She had her head back. Oh, well, she's not feeling good. And I was like, well, if she's not feeling good, why is she at work? And my coworker said, well, she's hungover. Word. <laughs> so you're going to come to work hungover? Well, apparently the night before she had gone out with some some of the other corporate execs and, you know, they decided to get trash, which is cool. But you can't do that and then come to work. And her boss told her that she had to come to work no matter how how much she drank that night. She had to come to work the next day. So she came to work. And so she was in her car trying to get her bearings together. She comes inside. I go past, I walk past her desk maybe 10, 15 minutes later. She's got her head on the desk. I mean, like she's asleep. I'm like, I know this chick ain't asleep. And at this point, I didn't have any type of relationship with her. I mean, she was my manager. But like for me, how I kind of carry myself at work, no matter where I've worked, is that I'm there for the check, right? Give me my check. Give me my respect. That's it. I don't need to be your friend. I got enough friends. <laughs> uh, in fact, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you will hear me refer to coworkers. But, you know, th- I've had some coworkers that are that I truly consider friends. But for the most part, they're just coworkers. And it's cool. I, I, again, I've been through 40 plus years of life. I don't need any more friends. I don't. <laughs> Uh, And I recognize that, you know, for a lot of people, you know, once we stop working wherever we're working or if I leave that place or if they leave that place, we usually lose touch. I mean, I keep people's phone numbers and stuff, but we ain't friends. We're co-workers. And that's cool. That's cool. But, you know, the ones that I consider friends, I keep in touch with, you know, I might be social media, Facebook friends with them or something like that. Um, Nonetheless, so this chick... (laughs) And I do use that word lightly. This chick, she's in there. And I didn't like this lady. Again, she is just so negative. And not to mention that she has slept with another dude at the company, which, you know, <laughs> if you want to fuck dudes in the mailroom, hey, be my guest. <laughs> Ooh, oops, did I say that? Um, <laughs> so 
anyway, make a long story short, about 15, 20 minutes go by and I walked past and she had a, there was a real big open space uh, in our office. I walked past and she's on the floor, on the floor. I look down. I'm like, why is she on the floor? And this lady literally is on the floor. And so somebody said, hey, somebody needs to get Cheryl up. I was like, shit, I ain't getting her up. (laughs) So I walked back to my desk. And the next thing I heard. Yep. She threw up. All over the floor. So not only are you sick. Now you've thrown up. Now we got to look at this. Well, I'm not looking at it because my desk wasn't near her desk. But nonetheless, I mean, that's the type of person that we were dealing with. And she was just so annoying and so negative that like. I literally my it was so toxic to the point where when I would get emails, it would make a, you know, your computer would make a sound, it'd be like a ding sound or what have you like that. And when that email would pop up and it would be her, I would just cringe like and if it even if it was something, it could be the most smallest of minute things. I just I hated getting emails because like she would send me an email and she her desk was like 10 feet away. Like, don't send me no damn email. Walk over and tell me what it is. Or better yet, she would call me. And I heard, oh, my God, I hated that, too. She would call me to ask me about something about something. I'm like, dude, why are you calling me? You could just anyway. <laughs> so here she is passed out on the floor. So uh, I'm like, I'm not picking her up. I'm not touching her. And so everybody knew, like, I, and I'm I'm. If you haven't figured this out by now, I'm a real cool, easy guy to get along with. I literally and I I can't really say this a lot about a lot of people, but I hated her. <laughs> and I know you're not supposed to hate, but I hated this lady. And and I and I use the word lady very lightly because she ain't she is far from a lady. Nonetheless, it was just toxic, man. She was just she was really, really awful person. And I remember uh, when I got a chance to leave the company, um, I was happy. I was so happy. I was so happy when I left because I left on my own terms. What happened was, you know, long story short, the company was they offered a buyout to to people who had been there for a while or what have you like that. So I had a little, you know, a little money, a um, uh, little parachute, if you will. Uh, it wasn't much, but it was a nice little pay. It wasn't, you know, what millions or anything like that. But I had a nice little parachute to leave. And they were offering it because what they were trying to do, they were trying to get people to leave because eventually they were going to start laying people off. Right. So I saw that coming. I was like this. And we got gotten to the point where so many rules were being broken. So many laws were being broken. Um, and at that particular time, the mortgage industry in which I work, uh, it was the wild, wild west. Right. I mean, if you had a pulse, you could get a loan. Um, but nonetheless, long story short, I left. And the feds kicked in the door about a year later and shut the company down. She lost a job, whatever, whatever. Um, fast forward, like maybe about five years ago, maybe seven years ago, I get a Facebook friend request from her. <laughs> Man, when that thing popped up, Cheryl Morgan, let's just say her last name is Morgan. And I don't even use this word a lot. In fact, I don't use it at all. But when it popped up, I said, bitch, please. <laughs> And I don't even use the word bitch. Like I use it for dudes because there are bitches. There are dudes who are bitches. Um, But that's another story for another day. Um, 
But yeah, I was like, bitch, please. You know, Facebook friend request. And then the district manager who was uh, her manager, she sent me a Facebook friend request. And I didn't like her either. I was like, bitch, please, her too. Uh, nonetheless, I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> but um, but yeah, to- that was a toxic environment. Um, if you're at a place where they see the bad and never the good, um, that's, a, that's a sign. That's one of the surefire signs that you are in a toxic uh, workplace environment. Uh, point two, if your work-life balance is fiction, I mean, just total nonsense, companies will have you believe that, you know, there should be a balance between your work-life and, you know, just life in general. Um, but you can't have a good, strong work-life balance if you're working from, I don't know, nine to eight. <laughs> and there are people, you know, particularly in the industry in which I work at that particular time, you know, back in that time, uh, who were working like that. And I mean, I'm pretty sure the people like that work now, I'm not working beyond nine to five. I mean, five o'clock, five or one, I'm out of there. Now, if I got stuff I got that needs to be done, I'll stick around. But I learned a long time ago, all that sticking around and putting in all these extra hours, I don't mean shit because if the company closes and I've had companies, you know, go up under that I was a part of um, when it folds, it folds. I mean, I don't care if you put in 30 years at GM. If they're shutting down the plant, they're shutting down the plant. It ain't nothing personal. It's just you just wanted the numbers. Um, one of the first things that I learned uh, in the great school of business at South Carolina State University uh in the classroom of Dr. John Cole, Dr. Cole said, and I quote, if you don't own the company, everybody is expendable. Close quote. And Dr. Cole's right. I live by those words. If you don't own the company, you know, everybody's expendable. So, you know, when when companies tell you they want you to work 50 plus hours, you're not getting a lot of any kind of vacation time or time away and or, or even worse, when you have a cell phone or email that's connected to your job and they're emailing or calling you when you're in your after work hours. <laughs> Shit, man, there's no such thing as worth like work life balance. There is none. Um, those that's another sign that you are in a toxic work environment. Um, point three. The bosses kiss up. And kick down. What I mean by that is they kiss up to, you know, people kiss up to the bosses and they kick down their employees. Um, I've never, which is interesting because I've never used the word boss. Like, I don't believe that the person who is over me that I report to is my boss. Like, I would never refer to anybody as my boss because I don't have one. Because... The person that I answer to, they answer to somebody and they answer to somebody and they answer to somebody and they answer to somebody. So, I mean, like, no, I don't have a boss. Now, you know, I know the <laughs> the street term. Everybody's a boss. You ain't no boss. I mean, if, I guess if you want to call yourself a boss. You could, but mm, you're not a boss. But I digress. Um, but yeah, t- in toxic environments at work. Um, the bosses, you know, they let people kiss up to them 
And that company that I mentioned earlier with my awful manager, it was a lot of kissing up there, a lot of kissing up, kissing ass. That's never been my steeds, right? I don't kick it like that. What you see is what you get. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be cordial to you. I will be respectful to anyone. But it's a two-way street. And if you disrespect me, oh, all bets are off. And I think that just... I. I've never been disrespected, but at the same time, I'm not going to kiss up. It's never been my steez. I just, I, I, and to be honest, I don't see how some people do that because that's never been in my wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, in, in a toxic work environment, the bosses, you know, they, and they, and they kick people when they're down, you know, they're the constant negativity. That's very, very prevalent in a toxic work environment. Um, another point, point four, how do you know you're in a toxic work environment? One of the signs is the workplace has turned into a hostile environment. Uh, I mentioned a conversation that I was having with Babi and she was telling the story. I could kind of tell like the way that the woman had spoke to Babi, if they had been on the streets, and knowing Bibi the way that I know her, she'd have got punched. <laughs> she might have gotten stomped. Even though Bibi doesn't really seem like a stomper, she might have stomped her out too. <laughs> oh, shout out to Bibi. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, if it gets hostile to the point where it's and when I say hostile, I mean like to the point where people are being harassed um, or quote unquote bullied. Uh, yeah, obviously your work performance, you, you can't. There's nobody that can perform their job when they're being harassed or bullied at work. And I use the word bullied very lightly because, you know, some of you new millennials have changed the definition of what it means to be bullied. But yeah, you can bully somebody at work because you know that if for nothing else, this person is here because of the check. And if you didn't hold the check in their hand in your hand, they would either cuss you out, punch you in the face and quit or all of the above. Right. So, yeah, that if it if it gets hostile, then you know that you're in a toxic work environment. A uh, point five. The rumor mill is always running. Yeah, it's hard to be in a toxic work environment where the rumor mill isn't running. I mean, rumors run around work. I don't care where you work, but, you know, it's constantly going. It's about who's sleeping with somebody, who's getting harassed, who's getting the promotions, who's, you know, doing whatever. It could be something as simple as who's coming, you know, somebody ratting on somebody about who's coming in late. And I remember at that same company, I mean, just like any other job, you get an hour lunch break. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, were there days where I took a little bit longer than an hour? Sure. <laughs> were there days where on Friday I would go, me and my coworkers, we would go and we take a lunch and we have a liquid lunch? Sure. But it was counting. But I mean, if I take an hour and a half lunch break, I don't expect 
my manager to say, hey, well, I came by looking for you at 1.30. I noticed that you left at 12. What took you so long? I don't respect that. Nah. Better get out of my face. <laughs> uh, fortunately, it never happened to me, but I saw it happen to other people. Um, but yeah, the rumors, you know, people telling on each other. I mean, it, it's like it's elementary school. Who needs that? Um, another sign of a toxic workplace. Uh, if there's brutal internal competition, um, you know how it is. You get in a job and if you've been there, nobody. And I've always said this in, in most interviews that I go in. Um, nobody wants to sit in the same seat for three, five, ten years. You want to see some type of you know upward mobility and moving around, not just in pay, but in you know job title and the whole nine. And so you're going to be competing for other positions with other people in your company. I get it. But in a toxic work environment, a lot of times management will pit one person versus the other person and they'll have rumors going back and forth and they'll, you know, praise this one and put this one down. And it's just. And so you end up being in a situation where. You're in competition for with someone else for a position. And all of a sudden now you don't even like that person. <laughs> it's not like they've done anything to you, but because the competition is the internal competition for these positions are so brutal and so fested in that toxic environment that. You have become someone that you don't even know. And it's not cool. Um. And I think management tends to relish in that in a toxic work environment. They like that. They're thinking, okay, well, hey, this is just going to make us better. No, it's not making you better. It's actually making your company a living hell. And who wants to come to work and be at work for eight hours in hell? I don't. Um, The article also talks about how to deal with toxic coworkers. Um, They made such suggestions as, you know, documenting everything. And if there's a possibility that you can take things to HR, let HR intervene. That's that's probably the most adult thing to do. But sometimes you got to let a motherfucker know. <laughs> like, hey, if you don't leave me alone, I will smoke your ass. <laughs> and I say that laughing, but I mean, I'm being dead serious. You got to let people know, because here's the thing. It's just like anything else in life. If people see that they can walk over you, they will, or at least they'll attempt to. Um, But yeah, the adult thing is to go to HR. Uh, Another thing they suggest is, you know, setting team agreements to ax the drama, basically going to management saying, hey, can you put something in place where we can all agree to behave respectfully towards each other? You know, that's the teacher getting the kids together saying, "Okay, class, we got everybody's got to get along and be friends. Fuck that. (laughs) we ain't gotta be friends i don't want to be your friend i just need whatever i need from you at work i just need that and you need that from me and five o'clock comes or four o'clock comes or three o'clock comes whatever the time is it's done because i have and one of the things i think i've done pretty well over my career is i leave work at work like i don't when i get home i don't check work emails uh there are times when I have to do work from home, but if I, but for the most part, I I, ha, I try to steer away from that because work is work. You know, it's cool. And even like in my current job, I like the job, but work is work. 
And when I leave on Friday, I leave at five o'clock on Friday and I pick it up. Whatever got left <laughs> that wasn't done, it gets picked up Monday morning at eight. Um, yeah, I don't I, that type of stuff is not it's, it's not conducive to, to, to my mental health. Um, and I don't think it's conducive to yours either. So, you know. But that's what they suggest. They suggest, you know, getting team agreements and everybody kind of coming together. Um, they also suggest con- confronting toxic coworkers or bosses and setting boundaries. It said this may be the most uncomfortable tactic. Doing it quickly and assertively may improve the situation or it could blow up in your damn face. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to keep it real. Keep it real with you. It's just. That's a toss up. I mean, that's probably the most adult thing to do is to confront them. But no, if depending on who you are and your temperament, it could bubble over. And if they say the wrong thing, you could be looking at an assault charge because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to knock the hell out of them and you're going to lose your job. Um, another thing they suggest is to emotionally disengage from your office and get a support system to help you cope with the effects of the toxic toxic nature of work um i think that helps i think that can help uh just do your job you know it's easier said than done because a lot of us who work uh your job may depend on what other people are doing um my job doesn't but you know some people do and i and i recognize that when you have to work closely with your coworkers, and if you don't like them and they don't like you yeah that could be a problem but Definitely emotionally disengage. Um, again, if you don't own the company, you're expendable. So they have no problem in you know replacing you. Uh, one of the most important factors you have to remember, too, is that in a toxic work environment, you're not the problem. You're not. And I think sometimes people tend to lose sight of that. And ultimately, if, you know, if it's unbearable, then and you can't afford to stay, you got to go. So, you know, get your resume together and bounce. Uh, try to be as graceful and professional as you can be because you never know when you'll need a letter of recommendation. Um, <laughs> it was funny even talking about a letter of recommendation is that uh, going back to that manager who passed out, who I didn't like, uh, she went to another company. And I remember uh, interviewing for that company. I didn't know she worked there. And the hiring manager who I was interviewing with, uh, he saw that on my resume. He's like, oh, yeah, I see that you worked at this company. Like, yeah. He's like, well, I worked there, too. He's like, what department you were in? I told him what department I was in. He was like, oh, okay, I know a couple of people there. And he said her name. And I did not acknowledge the fact that I knew her but when he said her name I'm like okay so she he knows her so at the very least when this interview is over he's going to ask her about me and so I know I'm not going to get a glowing review (laughs) so at that point when he said that interview was done I was done because I knew that there was no way I was going to get that job I was cool with it but I knew I wasn't going to get the job And so you never burn bridges. And in that case, I don't fault myself because this lady is just a bitch. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, and I don't even cuss on this podcast, but she is. And and please believe if I see her, I will cuss her out on sight. I just don't like I just don't like her. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> on the real. And if I'm with my wife, I promise you my wife will probably swing on her. And my wife don't even know her like that, but she just knows just what I what I've said. So I so yeah, it's <laughs> It's probably best that I, I mean, I'm glad that I didn't get that job. I knew I wasn't going to get it, but um, I stayed for the interview and I and I was like, okay, I can just kind of sharpen my skills. This is, I don't know, it's about eight, nine years ago. But, um, but yeah, toxic work environments, those are the signs. It's not good. And obviously, if you're in that situation, you want to get out, do everything that you can within your power to get out because it's not worth it. Always keep in mind that if God forbid, if you drop dead because you were stressed out, your job will replace you. They might not even go to your funeral, but they will replace you. So don't spend a whole lot of time devoting your time and your talents and your efforts to a job that just considers you a number. Because in the end, if we don't own the company, that's all that we are. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.